You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Well, I guess some could say that Ari Aster is not afraid of the runtime. That's all I had. <laughs> That's all I had. I'm sorry. That's uh, I mean, this is a funny movie and it's way funnier than I am. So I uh, I'm sorry, guys. I I'll bow out now or bow out. Some would say I just thought. Of oh. That. oh, oh, my God. I, OK, I'm getting it back. I'm getting it back, guys. Hey, 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 uh, hey. <laughs> I am now afraid of your punchlines. <laughs> if I had any. Uh, so. Huh. Sounds like this movie. <laughs> We're talking today about Bo is Afraid, the new Ari Aster movie, the guy who did Hereditary and Midsummer. And yeah. um, oh man, it was. Uh, if you're a big fan of his, I know that uh, I have been waiting for this one for a little while when it was at first called Disappointment Boulevard, I think what it was called. And uh, as soon as like Joaquin Phoenix uh, was announced that he was in it and a slew of other people like Patti LuPone, which I love her. Um, I was getting Nathan very Lane. excited. Nathan Lane, Amy Ryan. Uh, there's a ton of other people. Uh, Parker Posey's in Parker this. Parker Posey, yep. So really excited to see this. And then all of a sudden, a lot of reviews started to pop up uh, before the movie came out. And then it became oddly very decisive. So this is going to be very interesting. Divisive. To divisive. <laughs> uh, to talk about this movie today with you two. And uh, because I have uh, TC with me. Hello. And I have Mike. Hey, what's up, everybody? And Bo is Afraid is about Joaquin Phoenix, who plays Bo, uh, who really the story is about him visiting his mother, who is this overbearing person, Patty LuPone. And uh, it takes place in, I would say, a futuristic-ish world-ish where... A surreality more than a futuristic world, more of a surreal world. Yeah, a surreal world. It's, it's, it feels very co- um, Kaufman-y. And not, not only like Charlie Kaufman, but like twinges of uh, of Terry Gilliam uh, from Brazil. Oh, sure. I would sure. Also, I'd also say a little bit of uh, Todd Salons if um, sure. Todd Salons smoked an entire bag of uh, bath salts. Right. <laughs> I would say David Lynchian as well. Sure. It, it's a lot of different things. You could see a lot of the... Uh, the the motivation and you know things that Ari Aster was pulling from and just it's like, a Michelle Gondry. Oh, it's it's uh definitely with the animated portions, but you basically see Joaquin Phoenix's character go through hell and back, basically just to see his mother, who he doesn't necessarily want to see to begin with. There's a lot to, un- to unpack here with this movie. It is three mm-hmm. hours long. I will say off the bat that I did not feel one minute of it. I thought this movie breeze through all their scenes it was extremely well paced i mostly agree there's a few points where i think it could have been trimmed by just a couple of minutes not, sure 
not a huge amount of fat to trim, but there were a few points where I, you know, if I had a watch, I would have looked at it real quick just to see what, how much time we passed. Right. Yeah, that three-hour runtime I wasn't aware of yeah. until the movie ended. It was getting near the end, and I had this moment of realizing just how long we'd been going. Right. But yeah, there is a kinetic energy to this where there's only a couple spots that slow down, and that's going to be a taste preference here. Right, right. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's let's dive into this then. So, TC, what did you think of Bo's Afraid? Ugh. Well, there's a phenomenon that happens in films. It more happens when watching trilogies specifically where I don't know if the second part is actually good because while I enjoyed everything and enjoyed the ride to get there, it's the third part mm-hmm. that needs to stick the landing to truly tell me if everything up to that point was worth it. And the first two sections of Bo, we have chapters. And there's no character carryover between chapters. His first section in the city, in his Mm -hmm. home area, is one story. Then he is very abruptly thrust into a new area with Nathan Lane and Amy Ryan. And that's a, a second chapter. And then a third and a fourth and so on. So I was very engaged and very entertained with the first two sections. I was reeled in by the absolute insanity of Mm -hmm. this movie. I was, everything rode on whether or not questions were going to be answered and if all this setup was ultimately fulfilling. And I hate to say it, but the latter half of this movie did not do it for me. And you know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, um, Martin, friend of the show, and uh, he said the same thing. I like, it was like the last part of this movie just didn't really nail it for him and and mainly because of the, okay. like the, the pacing issues towards the end i personally thought that it was kind of all working for me but mike what did you think of uh Bo was afraid i'm kind of with tc but kind of not like I, I do think that the last part i do like that they reached a closing point that i thought i was going to and then it just keeps going and upping the ante of how just how fucking crazy it is yeah 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 like supposedly it is A24's most expensive production, even surpassing the budget of everything everywhere. When you reach that last half hour, you really see where that money went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, that last half hour, I'm still with it. It's it's just, it's it pretty much comes down to the final punctuation mark where I had to sit back and go, oh no, was this, did I just waste my time? And See, I don't think I did because there's so much good in this movie there's, for there's, as insane as it is. But what Ari Aster's really good at is he is really good at making a film that feels like you're watching a nightmare. Yeah. 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 That's for damn yes, sure. That is very well described. But yeah, um, like, it's very different from how a lot of horror movies are these days. Like, there's just something grounding and very surreal about it. And everything is just handled just so casually. Like, even grotesque imagery, there's not like a big sting or... Like, yeah, the shot, the camera is on it, but there's so much else going on. Yeah. And that that's something I really like about it. It, it just has that dream logic. Even, especially that last 45 minutes, it feels like you're watching a waking nightmare. Oh, totally. And those are the kind of horror movies that I tend to really gravitate towards the most. Um, even though this is a strictly horror movie, it's like it's a comedy with little tinges of horror. What it drove home for me, and I, I connected with it uh, a lot more than I thought it was going to, uh, <laughs> and uh, I... I really loved how th- this feels like the most personal film of Ari Aster by far, mm-hmm. where he has his own anxieties uh, about 
his relationship, obviously, with his mother, or at least his family, or just like that mother figure. It might have not been his mother directly in real life, but it's a very big theme for him. Like not just with hereditary, but if you look at his shorts, like Munchausen and Strange Thing about the Johnsons. Yeah, yeah. What what really actually solidified it for me was actually the ending. Is that I felt yeah. like it's like oh my god, this this felt like uh, his idea of like what's his worst nightmare of being judged by the entire world with his mother judging him silently while he's about to like more or less drown and not helping him and him trying to like state his case and him just not getting to win and just blowing up. It's funny. You should mention feeling like he's drowning. His name is Wasserman. His name is water man. Water man. Water plays a very, it's water is a big theme throughout this, a big motif. And yeah, well the end section of this does beg to be discussed and analyzed in depth. If you don't want to do somersaults to rationalize what Ari Aster is doing here, (laughs) I'm not not saying I don't want to be challenged by film. I love that, actually. And honestly, since I've seen this, yeah, and since I've seen this, my friend and I, we have been discussing it. We can't help but keep discussing this movie. Mm -hmm. But what annoyed me here is that I felt like I watched something that was more of an inside joke meant for other people than specifically for me. And hmm. that is not anyone's fault but the marketing. Because yeah. this movie is being marketed one way that it is decidedly not. So it's, it's like hereditary all over again. Well, the the uh, I thought the trailer, like in hindsight now, is actually, it, it is marketing it as appropriately. Like the music that's playing. Because here's one thing. Uh, he He made a comedy. This is actually kind of funny. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. It's very funny. Oh, yes. yes. Like, very, very funny. funny. And uh, now, like Uncomfortably said, funny. Uncomfortably many, many funny times. at many points. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Definitely with a very particular point with Parker Posey. Uh, <sighs> but uh, but uh, it does still have those kind of horror elements more, again, from, like, that social anxiety horror that we feel inside all the time. And he explains that so and shows that so well at moments uh, throughout the film. And you get to see that basically Bo, and it is like just taking it all in and just experiencing it and not, and being passive, not proactive with his life. And that's even said towards like the, the end of the film, like you just let things happen to you. You don't do anything. And I'm like, Oh my God, I've heard that before. Not necessarily towards me, but I've definitely heard that from people before from, either parental figures and like having that and then showing that in this most surreal nightmare fuel craziness. I thought it was very effective the way that it did it, even though it is Terry Gilliam meets Charlie Kaufman at the same time. Like, like as you said, TC, there are definitely like a lot of different chapters uh, throughout the film. And I think that the most fun part, uh, if you can say anything about this movie was fun, <laughs> was uh was definitely the Nathan Lane and Amy Ryan uh, part when he gets to uh, haphazardly join their family for a hot minute and mm-hmm. uh, just being so unnerving. But what did, what did you think about that part? Oh, that, that section for sure. I, I I really liked what I'm calling Act 1 and Act 2. The, the yeah. Act 1 set up the terrifying, surreal, inner-city nightmare that yeah. Bo perceives is so well done. And, and living in L.A., I've been to parts of town that aren't too far off from that. Sure, sure. Get... 
that, that where he lives is basically how my mom views all of California. Yes. Uh, <laughs> some parts are. Uh, but getting from there to then, the Nathan Lane, Amy Ryan section, the, like you said, he's sort of haphazardly inserted into this family unit. That section pops. That's the most interesting section. There's there's such a, a horror, uncomfortable it's not really a comedy, but it's funny because of how uncomfortable it is. That section is great. And unfortunately, that's the peak of the movie for me. Because everything, there's a, a third chapter that takes place, we'll call it the woods, and mm-hmm. and everything around that. And then it goes to a fourth section that is in his childhood home. And mm-hmm. then a fifth section that takes place in a, a reality of his own making. And of those five chapters, one and two hit so well for me that three, four, and five never rose to that occasion. I'm hearing you guys. I understand. It sounds like I didn't like this as much as you guys. Yeah, I would agree. Is like the the third part, uh, the woods, is the one that takes its time the most. Like that's where you really Absolutely. feel like, like okay, we're kind of slowing down here for a minute. And I think it was very purposeful that it was doing that was to show, in a way, his the. <laughs> maybe like what he wanted in his life of like what it could have been kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I thought absolutely what the way they did it through this very bizarre way of like going through a play and him picturing himself in that play. I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. When it goes full Schenectady, New York, totally Schenectady, New York. Yeah. Like, like in the long run, everything that I enjoyed and appreciated and was engaged by is in the first half of this it comes to a crashing conclusion and I, I felt dumb at the time, but then the more conversations I have about it, the more it feels like this, this great film school piece. And that's mm-hmm. kind of pretentious at the same time. I feel like <laughs> I needed someone to talk to about this movie that was willing to dissect it. Yeah. I'm a smart guy. At least I like to believe so <laughs> where I this so goes. <laughs> thank you. And where this goes and how it comes together it's going to be laughably frustrating for some people. And, and I was laughing at the end of it, but also disappointed by it. And like, I'll take a green Knight style ending. Sure. And I'll appreciate the journey. But with this, at least sitting in the theater as the credits ran, I felt annoyingly frustrated. It felt flat for me. And it was hmm. after the fact of sitting and being mad at the movie and dissecting it, where I started like, Oh, look at all the water theming. Oh, right, that was whole sequence of like what his life could be if he had more of a spine. Oh, right. yeah. his balls are so big. <laughs> this movie is just nuts. Like a big old swinging pair big of descended nuts. nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I kind of assumed that uh, and I, I, read, I didn't necessarily read the reviews, but I, I saw that a, a lot of negative reviews. There was kind of not not famous but maybe famous for austin is that this was submitted to south by southwest and south by southwest officials were like no way jose uh <laughs> and did let it in and I, I i i think that's a little harsh uh because i don't really hear about anything that came out of south by southwest this year <laughs> and this would have been kind of like whoa holy shit and yeah, uh yeah. i'd love to hear your y'all's final thoughts mike how about you lead us off Again, I'll, I'll see anything with Ari Aster's name on it. And this movie just absolutely fucking bonkers. Um, but it, it, you know, it is a, a lot of uh, things that I do look for in a movie. I remember coming out of a thing and like, yeah, I liked it quite a bit, but I'm not, like, it was just like with, with Midsummer where 
I kept on really liking it, but not necessarily loving it. And the more I thought about it, like I had a, I, I slept on it. I kept, and then by morning, I couldn't get this thing out of my head. I'm gonna try to see it again this weekend. I don't know if it's gonna be my favorite movie of the year, but it's, it's gonna be up there. I mean, uh, you know, it, Ari Aster just continues to knock it out of the park and really delve into really interesting themes, especially about family. Um, we'll see if he uh, goes away from that theme again um, anytime soon. But like, I, 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 you know, he knows how to do it very well and very effectively. You know, my, my, my score might change over time, just like I did with Mid, Midsummer, but um, I'm going to give this thing 8 out of 10 random dead bodies. <laughs> TC, what are your final thoughts? All right. Well, it's a damn good-looking movie. The cinematography in this is is very, very good. This is for Ari Aster's library. I think it's his best-looking movie, but he has such a great difference in Hereditary, Midsummer, and now here, so I think he just has a good eye yeah. for cinematographers. For sure. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix just continues to prove himself to be just one of the best actors working today. Uh, he He's truly lost in this role. I never had a moment of being taken away. He is Bo. He commits to it through and through, and it's and, he, and he's great in it. And I was very happy to see Parker Posey. She's one of my favorites. I'm just, I didn't know she was in this, so when she popped up, I was like, hey, all right. But this thing goes wildly into a forest that I just don't know if I was ready to go. <laughs> and unless you love David Lynch's bonkers style, we've compared this to some other weirdo filmmakers. Yeah. Or Ari Aster called this a pathetic loser's Lord of the Rings. He's just going Jewish, to visit Jewish his Lord mother. of the Rings. If that doesn't sound like it's for you, go ahead and skip this. I think if you're a fan of his, you've already seen it. You've already made your choice if you like it or not. I won't be returning to watch this. I, I don't know. If I ever will, but sorry, I'm going to try that again. I won't be returning to watch this, but I know that I've got a lot more to discuss about it mm-hmm. because it does beg itself to be torn apart. And you now maybe I'm going to find more answers that will ultimately make me enjoy it more in the long run. But for now, today, until I overanalyze it into making more sense, and while I very, very, very much enjoyed the first 90 minutes of this, the ending just never got me so i'm gonna give this four out of ten throbbing gigantic wet bottles of water (laughs) (laughs) four out of ten damn um damn sir well i uh this is these kind of movies are definitely my bag uh, because there's definitely a, a pretentious little boy in me and uh I, I really dug this, and uh, but I also thought that this was his, um, again, his most personal film that he was making, and like, as you said, TC, like, he shoots the living hell out of this movie, like, God, looks Hereditary, good. Midsummer, and now this, is just like, Jesus Christ, like, you just know where to put the camera, you know how to get everything lit, or you just find a DP that just, like, sees eye to eye with you just knowing like what bonkers crazy shit that you want to do he's been using the same dp since uh strange thing about the johnsons actually i mean he's he's brilliant of the way that he wants to portray everything and uh i think that his this i think honestly this is going to be what we're going to be getting out of him moving forward not necessarily this surrealistic but uh this more the going beyond just horror, but like uh, more of this transgressive route, which I'm totally here for. Cause Absolutely. this is reminding me more of a lot of the authors that I kind of grew up reading and really do like this kind of writing and these types of characters that are being shown and told. Um, and I thought everyone in this was fantastic. And I thought the, uh, 
the the way the pacing how the all the different acts like pulled it together really worked for me more than I thought it was going to be like you said TC is that I don't know if I was necessarily ready for this or like this the story to be told to me and I feel like more than ever this this is something that I've been like I've needed but I didn't necessarily want to have and this really affected me in a way that I I was like wow this is this for me is the first like great movie of the year and um and so with that i'm going to give it a nine out of ten giant swollen balls because i'm going to go there <laughs> god damn it <laughs> <laughs>